Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the sepulchral Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? <sighs> I don't know anymore, man. You sound, you sound somber. You sound gloomy. Well, of course. Have you seen this week? This season? This pitiful team we call the Giants and we're like supposed to be excited about this damn right I'm somber damn right, right I'm right. gloomy right sepulchral sepulchral at yes. a, a funeral like you're at a funeral yeah yeah like somebody died like 2023 like the season for of 2023 for the San Francisco Giants oh man I for those of you who are tuning in God bless you like <laughs> You guys are just gluttons for punishment. I love it. Well, you know, misery loves company, Matthew, and we're company. That's right. That's right. right. Like, we're still watching the games. I don't watch the games. I listen to them on KNBR. Yeah. Over the air. (laughs) Does does anybody actually believe that? No, no. No, no, yeah. Yeah. But I still haven't been to a game, and at this rate, I may not go to a game. Yeah, I'm not really excited. I'm not really excited. Um you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we could kick the Schmidt around. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, it has been a Schmitty season so far. It, it has. It has. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know who can it, who can stand this sort of Schmidt, but you know, and who would want to watch this Schmidt play? That's right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I'm, we get one download. It'll be Mark. You know, Bryce has left. You know, he's not even listening to us anymore. That's right. Uh, Our own mother yeah. won't even download us on the Mother's Day uh, episode. That's right. That's right. Because, I mean, it's not us. It's the Giants, right? And and such is the niche that we're in, right? Like, people don't want to listen to us remind them how bad the Giants are, right? Oh, yeah. Um, remember remember but, when we started this off? It was 2021, and we were like winning games like all the time, and people were just <laughs> downloading our episodes because it was like woo Giants, and now yeah, now nobody cares. I do, I do remember that, and uh, I do know that nobody cares. <laughs> 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 but for but hey hey hey, I, I I before we get into the um talking about the San Francisco Giants of 2023, right? And and because this is the end of a big two-week period. Like, I made a big deal about this two weeks ago, and then I talked about it again as we were in the middle of it, of it mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. We just ended a critical two-week period for the Giants. And I, I, I had declared, we're going to know who this team is by the end of this two-week period. Well, the data is in, and it's not good. But before we get into all of that, Schmidt, um... The first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a question that's just fun. It's just it's not related to the Giants at all. So, you know, everybody, we can just cleanse our palate. We can have a laugh. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Obviously, Matthew. Yes. You would donate a kidney to a stranger to save their life. I know who you are. You're a good person. You would do that. I would. I would totally do that. You would do that. Mm -hmm. But would you get a neck tattoo? 
What? <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Okay. So no, no, you wouldn't. You would not get a neck tattoo to save another person's life. Oh, oh, I thought you, you were just asking if I was going to no, Just like, tattoo. would you ever get a neck tattoo? No, no, no. I mean, I know you wouldn't get a neck tattoo. And first of all, if you're listening to this show and you have a neck tattoo, I'm sure it looks great. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and there are certain at, people who can carry that off. I, yeah, yeah I, no. am, I am not one of those people. Matthew cannot carry off a neck tattoo. and um, Mainly because I got a neck like a giraffe, man. It is. Yeah, it's a very really long, neck. long neck. And, uh, you know, but I do think if you did get a neck tattoo, you could pair it with a nice forehead tattoo because you got a lot of real estate up there. That's true. You know That's true. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So do you, by the way. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, so, so, so you're guess, saying neck tattoo or a kid dies? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if you don't get the neck tattoo, a, a, a kid dies. Yeah, sure. A young, innocent child is going to die. So would you get the neck tattoo? Yes. That's my first I, question. I would. Okay. I would. Second question is, what would it be of? It obviously wouldn't say the 2023 San Francisco Giants on it. I would, no. No, it would not because I'm, you know. I'm not a glutton for punishment like that. I don't know. Uh, my tattoo, if I had to get it, would be uh, saved a life, and I put the kid's name on there, and that would be the tattoo. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's quite a cop-out. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Um, mine would say fire Farhan. All right. Anyway, today is Sunday, May 14th, Mother's Day, as we record this podcast the San Francisco Giants went two and five this week to bring their record to 17 and 23 is that correct Matthew yes double, double check is. my work there uh, they it went is 17 and 23 you are correct that's right they went one and two against the lowly Washington Nationals and uh, at home and uh, and then they went one and three against the Arizona D bags. Uh, D bag. D D D bags. Dirt bags. Yeah. Dirt dirt bags. Right. That's, that's diamond that's, backs. No, that's what it, my notes not. say here. Then my <laughs> notes here say my note notes here say diamond backs. Oh. Okay. Uh, a, a team that no, an organization that is superior. To the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, and I was just thinking, right this very second, you know how they're, you know why? A good example of how they're superior? They got uh, rid the, of one of their high priced free agent pitchers and we're still holding on to ours. That's right. <laughs> that's right. They got rid of Madison Bumgarner because he wasn't helping them win and they expect to win now. The San Francisco Giants are still holding on to. Um, um, Sean Stripling. Sean, Sean Stripling and. Um, and uh, what's Ross Manea, um, like 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 they're bloated in their water. Um, yeah, so uh, that that brings them to uh, fourth place in the National League West. Woohoo! Not last. Eight, <laughs> eight and a half games. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, eight and a half games behind the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team who's not even in the same universe as the San Francisco Giants. Um, and, and, um, one half of one game, Matthew, ahead of the Colorado Rockies. At least we're not the Rockies. 
Yeah, n- probably not the time Bob, to be hey, saying Bob, this, Bob. Not now, Bob. No. Not now. No. Bob. Bob. <laughs> no. No, Bob. Down. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, this team is half a game ahead of the Ro- Colorado Rockies. Uh, they have a run differential of negative 27, which um, puts them right up there in the class of the National League. Um, there's only two teams that are worse. Well, there's three teams that have a worse run differential, but one of those teams has a record of 20 and 21. That's the Miami Marlins. I don't understand that at all. They're the worst team in terms of run differential, but their f- record is basically 500. Other than that, the Giants have two other teams behind them in run differential. Uh, let's see. What Should we check the wild card? Do you think the news is any better there? Let's go, let's go check the wild card standings. The Giants are tied for, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, ninth. seven, Woo! eight, ninth. They're tied for ninth with the Nationals. Um, who are clearly better than them and would win the tiebreaker because of head-to-head. Uh, so they're 10th. They're in 10th place in the wild card standings, seven games out of the third wild card spot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, this team is not good. Uh, but we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the fact that the season is 25% over. And uh, and we can't call it early anymore. This team is bad and the season is not early. We're going to talk about um, uh, we're going to talk about that Schmidt and how it's not all Schmitty uh, because we're going to talk about uh, the the really only good thing to talk about right now, Casey Schmidt. So this isn't going to be a total gloom cluster. Right. Matthew and I are not just a couple of miserableists woe be gones woe be gones I wonder how Carlos Correa is doing these days Bob I was in the middle of a thing dude I was in the middle of a thing <laughs> but but that is a good question that is a good question you know Bob that bit has gotten kind of old and stupid uh, that's what I said last week so I, I figured I'd turn it around I would change things up and so now what I thought I would do is I would group them all together. Oh. Uh, Carlos Correa, Michael Conforto, and Mitch Haniger. And I thought we could compare the three and see which one sucks the most. Okay. Uh, because because they are a gloom cluster. Um, uh, they are a bunch of miserableists. They are a bunch of woebegones. So this was the bit that I put together, Matthew. I was sitting there and I was like, what can we do? What can I do about this Carlos Correa bit that we're doing, the Correa Watch bit? And then two of these guys turned it on. So, (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, so how's Carlos doing, Bob, you asked? Well, Bob, for the last week, he's hitting 233, which I know doesn't sound good, but compared to the way the guy had been doing, that's a huge step in the right direction. His on-base percentage is still a nasty 281. Again, that's just for the last week. And his slugging percentage, though, was 467. He had seven hits and 30 at-bats with two walks. He struck out eight times, though, um, against seven hits and one home run. Uh, so, you know, Bob, he's he's doing better. Um, he's not still not great. He's no, he's, uh, he's no Casey Schmidt. 
Um, He's no Michael Conforto. That's right. He is definitely no Michael Conforto because, I mean... The only good thing that came out of the desert was Michael Conforto. That's true. That's true. Um, Over the last seven days, Michael Conforto has gone from me being, uh, from him being a prime example of I told you so about Farhan Zaidi to being like, oh, well, this guy's actually, he's all right. Uh, he's okay. He's got six hits in the last 22 at-bats, three of which were home runs, but he also has four walks to bring his average to 273 again for the last seven games. His on-base percentage is 385, and his slugging percentage is 727. So an OPS of over a thousand for the last week. Um, his his year season stats, he's still under two hundred. Um, but that's definitely a trend in the right direction. Um, he's hit three of his seven home runs in the last seven days. So uh, so yeah, um, Mitch Haniger still sucks. You know, well, I, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. He just got started. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. He was hurt. That doesn't count. Mm. Yeah, he was hurt. Sorry, uh, Bob. sorry, Bob. Anyway, um, so that's that's how that's how they're doing, Bob. Uh, that's that's the uh, Correa watch, the Hanno Con- Hanniger Conforto Correa watch. Um, Matthew, do you have a trivia question for us? Yeah, something? I do have a trivia question, and you know, maybe I should have gone dark with this. Maybe I should have been like, "What was the last team to lose a hundred games?" That would have been maybe a good question. But no, <laughs> instead, I'm going with uh, the optimism because you know I try to be optimism. I'm not always what is it sepulchral. Sepulchral. Uh, I uh, you know I try to be optimistic, and the the fun part early on in this week Sepulchral. was the arrival of Casey Schmidt. Yeah, Casey Schmidt. Uh, Casey Schmidt. And, uh, you know, so it got me thinking, who was the last San Francisco Giant rookie of the year? Dumb question. Buster Posey next. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Who was the one before him? Because you're right. That's a pretty obvious question. And I can't have every trivia question be the answer is Buster Posey. So, uh, (laughs) so, so, yes. So who was the second to last San Francisco Giant rookie of the Mm -hmm, year? mm -hmm. I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Which Giants player would you most like to come out of retirement? Buster Posey. Another question for you. Which okay. Giants player would you like to come back and be the manager? Hmm. I'm not sure if it's Buster. I'm not sure. Why? Why? Look, I know he doesn't want the job because he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot. Of, really that's hard work. That's hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Buster. I don't care. You don't need sleep. You're young. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, you know. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to go with Rickert Fanida. Yes, yes. That's always a, a safe bet. Yeah, Rickert Fanida. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. <sighs> Let's do it, Bob. We need to, you know, uh, yes. Um, yes, you're right, Bob. Hit me. Hit me with the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Bob, today I'm having a fuzzy mint. I, I said I was going to have this on the Thursday show. Um, it's a diet cocktail because I'm still on a diet. And I got to tell you, man, being hangry and watching your team suck, but having like everybody tell you it's fine um, just doesn't help with the hanger. 
Uh, but anyway, if you want to hear more about my quote-unquote diet cocktail, if there is such a thing, go back to last Thursday and listen to the episode. And I will tell you there and here that it is made out of two ounces of gin, half an ounce of simple, sorry, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, two to four ounces of club soda, four to five cucumber coins, five to eight mint leaves, a lime wedge, and then some extra cucumber coins and mint leaves and a sprig of mint. You take all of the, you take the cucumber coins and put them in a mixing glass with simple syrup. You muddle them, you add the mint leaves, and you lightly, gently muddle those again. You add the gin, you squeam in the lime wedge, and then you stir that. It's going to be kind of thick and bumpy because you got so much junk in there. But you're going to then stir and double strain that into a highball glass that's filled with ice. You're going to add some extra cucumber coins and mint leaves there to make it party. You're going to top that with club soda all the way up to the top. And then you're going to garnish it with a mint sprig. It's light. It's refreshing. It's low on calories-ish. I mean, it's got alcohol in it. So, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, whatever. It's diet-ish, right? If you're on a diet, you shouldn't drink alcohol. But that's no fun. No. Anyway, that's fun. what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It is. It is, Bob. What are you drinking, Matthew? So I'm I'm going old school. I, I'm bringing a banana old-fashioned today, which uh, has two ounces of bourbon, a quarter ounce of Jaffard's Banana du Brazil liqueur, which is a banana liqueur, a quarter ounce of Demerara syrup. I like mine a little sweeter, so I'm adding the Demerara syrup, but that's optional. You don't need it if you really want the bourbon and the banana liqueur to shine through. And then two dashes of black walnut bitters and an orange peel for garnish. So, you know, you take all the, the bourbon, the liqueur, the syrup, and the bitters, and you add that to a mixing glass with ice and give it a good stir for maybe a good 30 seconds to get it nice and chilled and then strain it into a rocks glass with a big chunk of ice. And then express some orange oil over the top and drop that sucker in. And that's what I'm drinking today. A very lovely banana old-fashioned. Hmm. You know, Matthew, you know what is interesting about bananas? Uh, the, the ones that we associate the flavor with when it's stinked and now um, that, that flavor no longer exists? That's true. They did. Um, the, uh, not the Cavendish, but the, um, I can't remember what they're called. The one we eat today is called the Cavendish. Yeah. Which um, isn't what the original, like the, when you have taffy, banana taffy and things like that, it was yeah. the artificial banana flavor. Yeah. That's from the mm -hmm. old banana that no longer exists. It's got exists. a weird French name and I can't remember what it is. But also, Matthew, um, if you have a ripe banana, it goes brown pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And the thing about a brown banana, Matthew, is that um, it's old, it's mushy, and um, there's really not much that you can do with it other than grind it up in a blender and bake it into bread. And I don't know what that has to do with anything. I'm waiting for the segue. I'm waiting for it. But I think it's time... <laughs> that we mash up the giants and put them in the oven. What I'm saying, Matthew, is the season is 25% over, and it's not early anymore. No, no. It's, there's, there's, what, 40 games that have been played, 
And uh, at this point, you have a pretty good idea what your team is uh, is or isn't. And, That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's and, right. And, and we we have a good idea. We have a very strong idea of what our team isn't, and what it isn't is, is good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The 2023 San Francisco Giants suck. So bad. Um, so bad, Ben. They're 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 so bad. They're not Oakland A's bad, but let's face it. I believe. I honestly believe that that Johnson and Zaidi and Kapler and Larry Bear and all those other people. I believe they're actually trying to win. I really do. That's not what they're doing over in Oakland, okay? What they're doing over in Oakland is, is like criminal. Okay, so just remove them. The Giants are just normal bad. And uh, that's bad enough, right? They're half a game ahead of the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies' run differential is negative 29. The Giants is negative 27. They might as well be the same at that rate. The San Francisco Giants of 2023 are just as good as the 2023 Colorado Rockies. And they are light years behind the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks. This team is bad. And to get mediocre, they would have to go six games over 500 in the next quarter of the season just to be at 500 midway through. And you have to be at 500 to even begin thinking about that third wild card spot. Right now, the Giants are probably it should be only thing that they should be thinking about is who can we trade to get mediocre prospects back? <laughs> like that's the territory that we're in. And I, you know, it's just like I've been reading a bunch of articles recently about a bunch of writers, and it just feels like none of the writers want to throw the season under the bus yet. And well, I'm they keep like, saying they keep saying it's early. It's early, but it's, it's not, not early. It's not early anymore. And and I think part of the part of the grabbing onto optimism, and I'm good at this, so I will explain how people <laughs> you oh, know kind do. of talk please to do. them, you know, talk themselves into these types of things. Is that uh. There have been a lot of things that have not gone right for the Giants this year, right? I mean, they've got uh, their catcher situation has been, you know, uh, they bring in catchers, catchers get hurt. There's just been a revolving door there. Uh, their their free agent acquisitions have been hurt or ineffective. Uh, so there's just so many things. That, and you at some point you think, well, this has got to turn around. Right. right? It can't be this bad all the time. And and yet it continues to be this bad. And, you know, it's the the idea of us having any any like, I mean, six games under 500. And you're like, oh, sure. They go on a little win streak and they're they're right back in this. But when have they given us any idea that they could go on a significant win streak? Uh, they did or they, you know, they won five in a row a couple of weeks ago and then promptly lost like four. Four out of the next, you know, you know, five right afterwards. So it just doesn't really doesn't really show that we've got the ability to come back from this. And, you know, it's the you know, and then there's just then. Uh, so now I'm like, I'm trying to tell you how people are optimistic thing. But now I'm like, I mean, there's just no real reason to be optimistic 
I mean, there's, you know, the the seven-headed starter thing has been an absolute <laughs> disaster. Right. You know, you can never have, it turns out you can have too much of starting pitching. Well, let's talk about that for a little bit. Because, right, I mean, this was supposed to be, this was a question that I asked. How are they going to do this? Right? And the answer was, we're going to have, we're going to have two-headed starters, right? We're going to have one guy go three innings, and then we're going to have another guy go three innings, or more, both. And next thing you know, we've got two guys who've thrown six to seven innings, and and they're both high-quality, long-distance guys, and and we won't need to rely on middle relief, Right. Because right. even if one of those guys doesn't do well, then the other guy will do well. And 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 you'll be in the same situation as if you had one starter. That was the idea. Right. But, well, problem number one is that what it does is that shortens the rest of your bullpen. You know, normally, if you have a 13 man pitching staff, which they do right now, if you had seven starters, you would have you would have six. You have six relievers relievers. But if you had five relievers, sorry, five starters, you would have eight relievers, right? You'd have eight guys available to you. And sure, you have your three guys who you want to use when you're winning. But then that gives you five other guys to use in situations to keep the lead, to keep the difference at what it is now so that your offense can come back and get back into the game if you're behind, right? Or if you're tied. The problem is the Giants don't have those five guys. They've got three guys, right? Because their bullpen is two guys smaller because you have two guys who are supposed to be starters in that bullpen. And now you can't have a guy who isn't feeling it right now and is working through some stuff, right? Right. You can't cover for that guy. You can't choose to use somebody else. And you don't have as many pieces to go after uh, the situations as well as you used to because you've limited the number of options that you have. I mean, in retrospect, Matthew, this seems stupidly obvious, and I don't know why we didn't point it out then. <laughs> right? Right. And compounding things is that, you know, nobody has any options. So you're kind of stuck, you know, with at least the guys that are being ineffective don't have options. So you're just, you're handcuffed with what do you do? Do you just hope that they get better? Uh, yes. Which seems to be the uh, the strategy at this point. That's what uh, they're doing because they're 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 not doing anything else, and they're certainly not coaching them to be better. Right. Yeah. Well, it does, at least if they are, they haven't done a very good job of it. And <laughs> correct. You know, and you know, Manea especially, you know, with all of his like oh of increased velocity, well, can't seem to really find the strike zone, and when he does, they batter the crap out of it, and so it's just. There's there's no excuse for for this, and you know the Giants have created this this scenario where they've got you know two very ineffective guys that they signed to effectively two year contracts, and neither of them are doing well. And so, do you just hope that they do well and just ride your season into the ground, or do you do like the Arizona Diamondbacks do and said, yeah, we know we owe this guy a lot of money, but we're He's not working out, and so we have to move on. You know, know at what what? point do we see Kyle Harrison? At what point do we see, you know, some of the the other guys that maybe could do a better job? I would think than Manea or or Stripling have to this to this point. 
I mean, I, I think, well, so so let's just talk about Manet and Stripling, right? I, I mean, in a lot of ways, this team has been disappointing, right? Conforto and Hanniger have been disappointing up to this point. Conforto's just getting warm, as we already talked about this week. But they've been a huge disappointment. The defense on this team is crappy. We knew that going in. It's not abysmal, but it's certainly not good. It's not doing the, this pitching staff any favors. Well, I, I think on that note, like we saw what a really good defensive team looks like with Arizona. That's I mean, correct. Arizona was, <laughs> you know, and the Giants were not playing poorly, but then they have one error that would cost them. Whereas the Diamondbacks weren't making those errors. They yep. were, they were, uh, you know, running all over the place, creating you know outs where they shouldn't have been, and the Giants just can't keep up with that kind of team. right. Right. And I was saying, but yeah, I mean, that that is one area, right, where the Giants the Giants have have been bad this year. But, you know, this we didn't think going in that this team was going to be good. Right. At least I didn't. Right. I, I felt like this team was a mediocre, slightly above average team that might be able to catch lightning in a bottle and make the playoffs. And and they haven't been good across the board, unfortunately. Right. There's been areas where we thought they were good, like the bullpen. But I think if I were to pin this season onto one place and say, like, this is the reason why the Giants are bad, it's Sean Manea and Ross Stripling. If those two guys were just mediocre or or just or even if they pitched the way that we thought that they would be, this would be a very different team. Right. If they were mediocre, I think this team is only three games below 500. If they're above average where where they were supposed to be, I think this is a 500 team, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of problems with this team, but we knew there were a lot of problems with this team. If you really want to look to somewhere to say, like, these are the reasons that we're losing, it's Sean Manea and Ross Stripling. But you ask a very good question. What do the Giants do about that? Do they get rid of them? I think if the Giants were and the front office were, were, were a group that thought, yes, this team can win, this team can make the playoffs, and and they did whatever it took to win, then yes. I think Stripling and Manea, one of those two guys, if not both of them, should have their heads on the block and they should be gone. I'm a cynic, right? You're the optimist. I'm the pessimist. I don't believe that about this organization. I would be very surprised if you see Ross Stripling or Manea leave this team before the All-Star break, they are sure. both going to be here probably for the whole year. I think the best thing that we can hope for is that they find an injury. And I'm using air quotes on injury for these guys. Uh, that's the best. Uh, that's the closest that we're going to get to a DFA on either Manea or Stripling. I think the guys that are most likely to get recycled right now are probably is probably Junis or uh, or Alexander or Brebia. And Brebia I don't think deserves it, right? But I think those are the guys that you're most likely going to see move if they need or want to make a change. They're going to stick with Stripling and they're going to stick with Manea because they're not going to believe their eyes. They're going to believe the the computers or the spreadsheets or whatever the heck they have and their super smart brains and say they'll turn it around and they're going to nerd out on it and we're going to watch this train wreck continue to happen at least until the all-star break well see i mean that's that's the problem is that the the advanced metrics 
also say that Manea and Stripling suck. You know, so so it's it's not like you because a lot of times you'll look at like their yeah, ERA yeah. versus their expected you know ERA and all those kind of things, and they'll be like, oh, there's some something going on there because they're obviously pitching much better than what the traditional numbers show. Yada yada yada. That's not the case right now. Those guys are by all measures suck, and and so why Hot are garbage. we? And so you you basically to your point right that those are the guys that we're riding or dying with and we're dying with them. Yep. And and there's no plan it seems. Uh, well, there should be a plan to 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 get them. Whether it's you know, Shamanea going on the IL with hurt pride. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe that could be. The I wouldn't be surprised. That... I wouldn't be surprised. Keep your eyes open for that, fans. So keep your eyes open for Manea hitting the IL sometime in the next two weeks. Oh, it's got to happen. You know, Desclafani left uh, his start yesterday early, and you made us all, or today? Yeah, uh, uh, no, yesterday, yesterday, Saturday. Uh, yep. Saturday. We're recording on a Sunday. Uh, was he left it early, and there was some worry there. Turns out he stubbed his toe on a piano, you know, piano leg or something like that, uh, with with his kid, uh, and that was bothering him. But you know, why can't stuff like that happen to Sean Manea? Why well, can't like that stuff happen to Ross Stripling? They need to get around some pianos or something barefoot it, and just start like it you know. could happen. Maybe <laughs> it just did. Maybe. Maybe there's an epidemic of stubbing toes. That's on right. Piano stub toes. Uh maybe they all have the same piano teacher? I I don't I don't know. Uh, because Matthew, life is random, okay? And that's why, right? Sometimes good good people stub their toes on pianos. That's right. That's right. That's why that happens. And uh, and and it hasn't happened to Sean Manea because he doesn't he plays the guitar. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, yeah. The point is, is that there there is not a lot to be done here. And and I even wonder who would they get rid of to bring up Harrison? You know, I, I think what they're probably waiting for is somebody to get hurt. Right. And and yeah. and let's be clear. I mean, first of all, Harrison did not have a good spring and then no. did not have a good start to the minor league season. He's only just recently started to find himself. I don't think they want to then turn around and bring him up to the majors. Right, I don't. Uh, but think... I think I think a couple more, one or two more starts where he's pitched like he has recently, and they'll be like, "Good enough, let's get him up." Because I I feel like they don't have that many options to play with. I mean, you know, they sent VR down finally this uh, yesterday, and uh, <laughs> I was going to you know, ask you, have you seen David VR, Matthew? Yeah, well, you hadn't, and then it turns out you should be looking in Sacramento because that's where you'll find uh, him. Oh. <laughs> Uh, oh. And and I think you know th- that probably hurt because they had anointed him the starting third baseman before the the season started. I mean, I mean, what a joke! What a joke! Right? Like this is this is the the leadership that said at the beginning of the season, Joey Bart, we don't like you. We don't even really know why you're still a giant. The job is definitely not yours. We drafted this kid who's never played at the major league level, barely played catcher. We think he's a better option than you. The job's definitely not yours. There's no sure thing. You might not even make opening day. David VR's our third baseman. <laughs> and what do we have today? Yeah, right, right. 
Yeah, you got we... Bart. You got Bart playing really, really well, and David VR now trying to find a stroke in uh, in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. So the brain trust, just on it, on it, just, just <laughs> so, just yeah. God, just got their fingers right on the pulse. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, well, and so I mean, yeah, like I mean, I think the point is, is, is that it's not early anymore. The major problems on this team are basically Sean Manea and Ross Stripling. Yes, there are other problems. But, you know, we knew that going in. This team was designed to be sort of a little bit resilient, right? It was, you know, it wasn't going to have a great defense, but the offense and the bullpen and the starting rotation were supposed to make up for all of those things. They haven't done that. But really, the biggest problem has been Sean Manea and Ross Stripling. But because of the contracts they were given, because of how it would, the optics of how it would look if something significant were to happen to either of those two guys, they're not going anywhere. So really, there is no solution to that problem. Matthew, everything sucks. Nothing's good. Basically, we're in a really schmitty place. We are. I mean, last week, last week was the schmittiest week we've had all year. It was pretty schmitty. Yeah. So... What the Schmidt should we do about this Schmidt? What's a Giants fan to do when everything smells this Schmitty? Well, I think you embrace the Schmidt. <laughs> you embrace and the Schmidt. You have to. I mean, you know, how often do we see this kind of Schmidt? We don't see this kind of Schmidt very often. No. Right? And, right? And no, it's it's pretty rare. It's rare Schmidt. It is rare Schmidt. And and uh you know, the so this this kind of Schmidt is something that, you know, at least it kind of distracts you from all the other schmittiness out there. And 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 so, you know, the arrival of Casey Schmidt. Uh, oh. Yes. That's what we're talking about, right? Right. Yo, that's exactly what I was talking about. Right. Casey <laughs> Schmidt. Right. Uh was at least uh something to get excited about. And especially when, you know, he hits, we haven't, we haven't recorded since uh, his debut and hits a home run in his first game, his second at bat, and then proceeds to just go on this absolute tear over the next like three or four games. And, uh, and, and it's been a lot, a lot of fun, right? I mean, you're getting excited about it. And he struggled a little bit the last couple of days uh, at plate, but not, not defensively. He had his first start today at third base and played really, really well. Had the the fastest throw from an infielder uh, this year uh, by any major leaguer today uh, when throwing out a guy at first. And on the radio, they mentioned like when he threw from third base, the crowd would visibly would like audibly react, and you could hear them with the crowd go whoa. After he threw the ball, um, you know, I was listening to it on the radio because I was doing yard work and trying to get stuff done. But it was uh, that was kind of fun. That's kind of fun to know that your guy, your your guy, that's you know the the next maybe th- they're going to be your third baseman for the next ten years is uh, wowing people with his arm and yeah. And uh, if, he, if he can keep a- at up the visiting the offense, ballpark, then, what's that? At a visiting, at, you know, he's away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I'm excited about it. You know, I think it's one of the only things to be excited about right now, frankly. Well, I was thinking about that. I mean, you know, like, look, here we are. We're, we're, we're being doom and gloom. And we're, we're basically, you know, calling this team bad, you know, at, at what is only 40 games into the season. Again, I'm using air quotes around only. Um, and it's like, 
like there's nothing left to look good to look sorry there's nothing left to look forward to right about this team and 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 actually that's kind of wrong like if this team is is as bad as ben thinks it is ben the pessimist then uh what do we do about that and and honestly like how does that impact my impression of Farhan Zaidi and his regime, right? Like, I know a lot of fans were angry about the lack of signing big free agents. I was very angry about it, right? Like, I'm not buying tickets explicitly for that reason, right? Yeah. How yeah. badly the offseason went. But I think my biggest complaint about Farhan Zaidi and his regime to this point has been the state of the minor leagues and their inability to produce major leaguers, but not only that, but to create um, a, a system. Players. Yeah, exciting players, even at the minor league level, right? To create players that other teams covet and want that you might be able to trade for to get good players back, right? right. And universally, the Giants uh farm system has not been well regarded in the last couple of seasons at first farhan made it a lot better but it has really dropped in the last two seasons and we've looked at a lot of guys like ramos and uh and others who were kind of rising the charts and now have kind of plummeted and it really looked like that this farm system had kind of fallen really flat and and so, you know, and that's why I want to have Fire Farhan tattooed on my neck. Right? <laughs> but the thing is, Matthew, like, you know what could ha you know what could make me go totally pro Farhan? Is if uh, the guys in the minors start coming up and performing? Correct. Like if you have a Casey Schmidt come up and do exactly what Casey Schmidt is doing, that's got I'm you have my attention now. Yeah. Right? I am literally waiting for Casey to come up. So I can sit down and stop doing whatever else I'm doing while the game is on and watch his at-bats. Because, folks, I'm not just sitting there watching the games. And, yes, I'm watching the games. I know. Um, you know, I'm not sitting there watching the games because it's bad baseball. But when Casey Schmidt comes up, I sit down, I stop whatever I'm doing, and I watch. Right? And I'm sure that is what's going to happen when they come back to San Francisco. Right? The fans are going to want to stay in their seats to watch him hit. They're not going to make a run to the bathroom. They're not going to go get their same old boring concessions that have been there for the last 20 years. A cha-cha bowl, garlic fries, the bratwurst. Have they, have they released anything new that's good there? Uh, no. They have. Well, I don't know if it's good or not, but I know yeah, they've released no. a couple things. Well, I, anyway. I remember, we haven't been to the game, so I don't know. That's right. That's right. So, so anyway, so, right, like, so this is somebody to be excited for. If you bring up Harrison and you bring up one other guy, you know, you pick the guy. I don't care who it is, Matthew. But if he comes up and he makes a huge impact this season and suddenly you've got three young guys who all produce well and are exciting and fun to watch, suddenly Ben is engaged, right? Because now I'm like, wow, now I'm legitimately excited about the 2024 and 2025 Giants. Right. Right. And uh, and then I might start to say, you know what, maybe Farhan not so bad. Maybe he finally has shown what he's, you know, what he's capable of, because, you know, let's be honest, it does take a long time to revitalize a farm system. So, right. you know, 
I'm I'm super psyched. I'm super psyched about Schmidt. I am cautiously optimistic about Harrison. Um, and if the team is going to be bad, then then let's DFA a bunch of old guys and bring up the young guys. Like, I don't care who it is. Let's yeah. bring up well, the young guys and see what they can do. Right. And, and you know, the this whole idea of the farm system being improved is true. And it's great to see guys like Casey Schmidt come. But we're still relying on someone like Bryce Johnson to fill in when a key right-handed hitter like uh, Austin Slater goes back on the IL, uh, shows we still got a little ways to go because, I mean, Bryce uh, Bryce Johnson in his, uh, looking at his weighted runs created plus on the season. Um, yes, his plate runs weighted. You know, Ben, at some point you're going to have to get with the program, okay? You're just going to yep. have to, like, yep. figure out, you know, what all these things are. Um, <laughs> Sorry, his um, his, his weighted, weighted plates. runs, plated. So does that, like, is that, does he, like, lift them and they're, like, that? Uh, is it because they're heavy? Because they're weighted? Yes, yes. He's well, lifting so these weighted 100 plates. weighted runs created plus, okay? How many runs you create uh, with everything being equal, okay? Mm. Ballpark, all that sort of stuff is now you know taken out of it. It's how much, how many times, and 100 is average. Ah. Bryce Johnson has a weighted runs created plus of eight. And that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's bad. That's <laughs> That's Cal Stevenson bad. Yeah, no, That's that is Matt Cal Baby Stevenson bad. Oh my God! There's been so many that have been bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I mean, that's Brett Wisely has a 19 weighted yeah. runs created yeah. plus. You know, yeah. these guys that we're relying on for key home moments aren't even like close to being league average. And yeah. you know, and and that's and that's asking a lot. You don't not every team is full of league average players because that's just. But we in 2021. We did have a lot of players that were uh, at or above league average, and that's why we won so many games. And now we've taken a serious step back with, when we have injuries, when things need to be filled in. And guys that we're bringing up aren't producing it the way that like Darren Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr. and all that did two years ago. And so I feel like our farm system has has that, that depth has been tested, and we're not if things go wrong, we can't afford for them to go wrong. We don't have the replacements to come in. Well, I, I mean, I think 2021, like, there's no there's no questioning it now. It was an outlier, right? Oh, like, sure. I mean, like yeah. Guys, I mean, finding it, a lot guys, of things went right, yeah. Yeah, finding guys like that that can do those things and do do those things is is rare. Um, you know, the one thing that I do like about Bryce Johnson, as opposed to somebody like Brett Wisely, or, you know, I mean, I don't know how he compares to Cal Stevenson, because quite honestly, I don't know anything about Cal Stevenson. And why should I? But what I like about Bryce Johnson is, is that he is good defensively, right? I feel much better with, with Bryce Johnson in the outfield than I do with Brett Wisely out there. Well, that's true. He has some of the better defensive metrics actually on the team. Right. So you're right there. Right. So, so, like, in that regard, at least if you're going to put a guy out there, put a guy out there who's good at defense, I mean, what what does it matter if it's Beatty or Wisely or Stevenson or, you know, well, Joe McSchmo? Wisely's a second baseman, and we're putting him in center field, you know? Right. And so and he does—Wisely actually has pretty good numbers when he plays second base. 
Right. But, uh, you know, well, they're this, putting is again, wisely this is out- again the regime of let's just take a guy and throw him in a position that he's never played right, before. Right, because and- they believe that Wisely's a better hitter than Johnson because he's got a good vibe or he hit two home runs two months ago or, or whatever it is that they think about Wisely. But they keep throwing him out there because they think he's a better offensive option than Johnson. But clearly he's not. Although I will say Wisely has hit a little bit better recently. Um, so, yes, you know, I has. mean, again, maybe like. The- we're two old men sitting in our closets. But the the point is, like, I don't think where we're wrong is, is that these guys have been these these replacement players, because that's what they are, are playing like really poor replacements, especially on the offensive side of the ball. My feeling about Johnson is, is at least he's the best defensive option that you have. So keep putting him out there. I mean, but yeah. Really, at the end of the day, what it really means is is that you are not producing players of a high quality who can hit how you want them to hit at the minor league level. So you're constantly having to like tread, I'm sorry, sift through all of this retreads to try and find somebody who might catch lightning in a bottle, right? Like, I mean, this should be, we sh- this should be Ramos, this should be Ramos. It's, well, yeah. That's who it should be. But that's it's not. That's who they were hoping it would be, but it's not. Right. Because his career <sighs> is over, and I know he's only 23. I hope I'm dead wrong, but he's only got really one year to turn it around, folks. If he turns it around after that, he's just going to be a good story. He's going to be a Mike Yastrzemski, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah. For somebody else. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, Ramos has got his his time is dwindling, but that's who it should be. And it isn't. And they haven't been able to turn that around. And so, you know, I mean, I think ultimately what it comes down to is, is that like there haven't been enough Casey Schmitz. Right. We need more Casey Schmitz. Um, and, and honestly, we need all of the guys, like I think I said this in the spring training, like just just put them. Give me Grant McRae, give me Von Brown, give me give me everybody who is trending positively, and bring them up. You know what? It, give me an excuse to buy tickets in August. So, and the the best excuse that you're going to have right now is a bunch of young up and comers. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know it's it's. Uh, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull a a. a old slogan out of the hat, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Way better than nothing like it. <laughs> you got to like these kids. Yeah, you got to like them. That's what I want to see. You know, you got to like these kids. It was the slogan of the Giants, the years that they, they, they brought up Robbie Thompson and Will Clark and a bunch of others. They were young. They were not good. But they were good within a season or two. Right. Yeah. Just bring them up. Don't play around with the contracts. Don't worry about like their free agent year. Just, you know what? Screw all of that. Just bring them up. Let's see how they do at the major league level. That's the next step here. And well, my I, I, God, I agree with you. I, I think they got to prove that they're ready for the major league. Sure. Sure. But I'm way, saying so. like, I mean, Harrison and Schmidt, they're ready. They're ready. Yes, I think Harrison, and I think we will see Harrison shortly. I think that's 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 eminent. What'll be the interesting is what will be the flip side. Who will go for Harrison? Right. My uh, God, I, if if I end up going to a game in in July or August and I see Sean Maneo or Ross Stripling pitching, 
and their ERA is seven point whatever. I'm not buying any beers or cocktails. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's a rough. That's a rough watch. Yeah. All right. All right. That's the, all right. You know, well, yeah. we probably should, we probably beat this horse enough. We have. I don't. And, I don't. The to our seven listeners. Yeah, yeah, and I'm you know I'm still feeling a little sepulchral. Sepulchral. Uh, I mean, we need more Casey Schmitz. There's only one of them, right? There's I mean, only what, one of them. What are we gonna and, do? And 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 Casey Schmidt could be the NL Rookie of the Year. He could. Which leads it, us, which leads us to our trivia question: mm-hmm. Who was the second to last San Francisco Giant to be named Rookie of the Year? Because you correctly stated the last one was Buster Posey, and that was too obvious. Rickard Fenaida. Rickard was not rookie of the year. What are you talking about? <laughs> maybe, maybe I mean he had one of the best names, you know, the all name team. Yeah, yeah, Suyoshi Shinjo, not rookie of the year. Mm. Yeah, I think he played for the Mets before he played for the Giants. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I don't blame you for not knowing who this is because the last time before Buster Posey, a Giant was named rookie of the year, was the year before you were born. Are you kidding? So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're saying you're saying this ability to bring up prospects has been a a, a lifelong problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> only. Only. You know. There's been a couple times in your lifetime where the Giants have gotten it right, and uh, but before you did, uh, the Giants had a relief pitcher of all positions called John. The Count Montefusco. Oh, the Count. Who won the Rookie of the Year in 1975. Wow. The Count. You know, the 70s. And actually, I say that. He was, he was, we knew him as a reliever, but he was actually a starter his rookie year. Okay. So wow. uh, he went yeah. 15 and 9 with a 2.88 ERA, over 243 and two thirds innings. What a different era that was. <laughs> wow, indeed. Um, that, the count that you know the seventies were an awesome year for relievers, right? There's a lot of weirdos like they did weird stuff. They just oh, behaved. Well, weird. even into the early eighties, there was yeah, just you know, yeah. and then it just kind of died away. You know, they had the Fireman of the Year award. There was, was like that was named in the same way like the MVP award that's right, was. That's you right. Know? And and now we don't even nobody cares. So if you don't if you don't know much about baseball, oh, sorry, old time baseball, and you're young, so here's some here's some names to look up from that era. Fitterich, mm. Montefusco, Gossage, Gossage, Sparky Lyle. Mm. Mm. Yes, some 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 good reliever names from and that. Era. Also, like if you're you know you're a fan of of, of Tyler Rogers, uh, Dan Quisenberry. Look Ooh, that, one up that wow, yes, indeed. All right, so. well there you go, Matthew. What what what? What are you drinking next week? What am I drinking? I am drinking. I'm drinking lunch next week. <laughs> You're Actually, drinking lunch? I'm drinking a banana, peanut butter, and jelly. You're having a liquid lunch for next week. I All am, right. I am. So you'll have to listen to Thursday's episode and uh, to find out more about that. And I'll bring it to the show next week. So that's Wait, what are I'm you drinking. Saying, what are you drinking? You're saying lunch what? and then you said banana, PB, and J. Do we? Never mind. Listen to next Thursday's episode. I'm going to dig into this deeper then. Okay. I'm going to be drinking something called the Porto Flip. 
um, because uh, I am still on a it's... diet right now, and I am like super hangry, and I'm going to break my diet on the show right. next week. And Porto Flip. I heard a Porto Flip is excellent. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is very excellent. <laughs> it's very in a whole way. Uh, all right, yeah. All right. All right, and then uh, we got a couple teams uh, next uh, coming up. Uh, we got the Phillies coming to town. The who, Phillies. Uh, the optimist in me is excited because they got shut out in Colorado yesterday. So that only means that they're just going to shut out the Giants for the next like three games. Well, the Colorado Rockies are just as good as the San Francisco Giants. So that means the Giants might be able to shut them out. Um, but it also means they might not. What's interesting about the Phillies is the Phillies are 20 and 20, but they have a run differential of negative 22. So they're just a little bit better than the Giants. Just a little bit. <laughs> but they but, are better uh, than then, the Giants. So, And then we got the Marlins. Uh, are we there or home? I can't it's remember. It's at home uh, because we, we've already seen them. In, we played in that's Miami. Right. This is that's the right. last series with the Marlins. I know that Jazz hurt himself I was going to say, did your boy Jazz hurt himself? Is he, he, he wanted to be playing. Let me see. Let me see. What's his, what's his deal? What's I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, he uh, stubbed his toe on a piano. Uh, turf toe. He has turf toe, and he will see uh-huh. a specialist. Stubbed um, it on a piano. I told wow, you. I snorted. Uh, <laughs> and let me <laughs> let me see if they. I'm looking at their transactions. Everybody, like, look. If you're this far into the show and you're listening to Ben figure out what happened to his favorite non-giant baseball player, God bless you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for hanging with us. And while while Ben's doing that, I'm going to do the hey, follow us on social media, follow us on at Giant Cocktails, Twitter and Instagram and Mastodon. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast listener choice. That would do it. Do it now. And uh, what is Jazz doing? How did he? Where is he? Is he on he's the just, He's day to day. He's got turf toe. He's day to day. He's going to see a specialist. Um, he might get himself a man a pedicure. Um, yeah. 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 Right. Also, Babyface Garrett Cooper just came off the uh, the IL today. So we get to see old babyface. All right. Um, All right. Yeah, watch the game. Watch Garrett Cooper taking at bat. You'll see what I mean. He's got this. He's got this. He's got this. He's, he's just. He looks like a big baby. All right. Well, I don't know who's pitching against the Giants over the next week, but if it's some guy you've never heard of or has only into his second or third major league start, then we're doomed. Yeah. Why has that uh, always been a thing for the San Francisco Giants? <laughs> why is it that every crappy rookie makes them look like morons? Like, what is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't like know. every That's... other team hits the snot out of the kid. The Giants yeah. are like, whoa, I've never seen. Oh, this guy's yeah. amazing. And then and then poor Crook and Kipe have to go through the whole thing where they're like, well, they've never seen him before. So he's got the advantage. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like this old bit again. Anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you know, we'll see if that old bit happens again this next week. <laughs> and until then, Ben, it's been good chatting with you, I think. Uh, thanks, listeners, for sticking around this long. So Hopefully, bad. we'll see you next week. We'll see you. Come back. Come back, please. They're please so come back. Bad. Oh. Anyway, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <sighs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>